We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is January 8th, 2024. Jonathan Jonathan Osborne here. I forgot my Hello. own name for a moment there. As always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what is going on, man? How are you doing? I am I'm great. I'm I'm better than I was on what Thursday's episode. Winners of two straight. Winning heals everything. So I I couldn't I can't complain at all. We the, the freaking emergence of 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 Claylub Houston. <laughs> Claylub. That's I think you gotta, you know, you gotta have fun oh, with it. Oh man. Caleb Houston will talk a lot about him. And um yeah, I man, I I am great. I just great. Indeed, we shall talk about Caleb Houston because some of us around here, we, we I don't I didn't know he was ever gonna be as good as he was tonight or as good as now I think he might be able to be at some point. But it was like if he can figure out how to shoot the ball at a, like a a high clip, we'll we'll talk about Caleb in a bit, but he was he was awesome in in the win tonight. We will talk about Caleb and but first, Jonathan, we got a couple things we need to talk about. All right. A couple things we need to get out there. Six fan show Tuesday. Our boy Ben will be outside of the Kia Center on Tuesday after the game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So be there. That's weather permitting. Right now, forecast doesn't look favorable. We might end up having to bot, you know, just put the kibosh on it there towards the end of the game. We'll put out a tweet, Instagram, we'll put it everywhere. You'll know. Then this Friday, 7 30 at Hagen O'Reilly's. The game tips off at eight against the dirty stinking heat. Starts at 7.30 at Hagen O'Reilly's. And it's 16112 Marsh Road in Winter Garden, Florida. 34787 is the address. So we hope to see you guys there. We will likely on Wednesday get it on Thursday's episode, I should say, get into the menu at Hagen O'Reilly's because there's some bangers on there and we we owe it, as always, tradition to go through that menu. So we're going to do that. I'm super excited about that night. And then Jonathan, we'll get into the state of the magic here. So this week, the magic went two and two with losses to the Warriors and the Kings. 
and the wins at Denver against the Nuggets and at the Kia Center against the Hawks. As we record this, the Magic sit at fourth in the Eastern Conference with a record of 21 and 15. And as of Sunday afternoon, the Magic are 21st in the league in offensive rating at 113.2, and they are fourth in defensive rating at 111.1. Honestly, uh, net rating, which we always do, I didn't find it. Didn't look. Didn't really look. From being honest with you, Jonathan, <laughs> if you uh, if you're Sick, bro, you know, I don't know. If you want to find that rating, you can. It's it's good. All right, the give magic. Me, are, give me a minute. I'll keep going. The, I'll, I'll, the, I'll I'll catch you on the the back end here. Perfect. The magic are are fourth in the east. It's going to be good. Jonathan's going to look that up while he does that. I'll get into the injury report. It's lengthy, so we got time, Jonathan. Take your time. We're twelve at two point one. Twelfth at two point one. So well, not awesome, but. Middle of the pack will take it. Injury report, though. Gary Harris, right calf strain. Joe Ingles, that left ankle sprain. Still sideline. Jonathan Isaac, the right hamstring strain. Wendell Carter Jr., uh, right knee tendinitis. And Franz Wagner, as we know, went out this week uh, with the right ankle sprain. I believe that was against the Kings Yep, on Wednesday. So that is your injury report. Thankfully, tonight... Um, Coming into tonight's game, the Magic got some bodies back. Anthony Black, who was out briefly there with that uh, stomach sickness. We'll talk about that. We think it was a stomach sickness, I'm assuming. Um, We got him back. We got Goga back. And then who else did we get back? We got Fultz, obviously. The return of Markel Fultz on that minute restriction tonight as well. So all exciting, honestly. We had Going into the game tonight, we had four players questionable, including Wendell Carter Jr., who didn't go. But I was like, when's the last time we had that many guys questionable and 75% of them were a go? A blessing. So then we got We have to talk about this, Jonathan. We called it. Shaq, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Shaq alludes on a podcast. I'm going to be the first jersey retired for the Magic. You and I were both like, I, you know, we'll see. But I was, you know, more on the fence of like on the side of, I don't think Shaq would just say this. He just says a lot. But I don't think he would just say that. He he wouldn't say that without fact because he he knows he'd be clowned if it didn't end up happening. So it comes out the Magic announced it this week that on February thirteenth, which we were right about as well, the Shaq jersey retirement. That game that we are going out to for basically the six man show night, February thirteenth against OKC TNT crew. I guess will will all be there. I'm interested to see where they set up. I wonder if they're gonna. Is there a spot for them? Yeah, I, I really don't know. To be honest, like if there would be anywhere, it would be like I, I, I haven't even paid attention to this spot that I'm about to refer to in, in the Kia Center in some time. But across from like the away tunnel where they mm-hmm. literally used to have a Kia there, I don't know if if that is still a thing. I just I even think- though we're there all the time, I haven't looked. But I would assume like that would be the spot to to do it, but. I really don't know. I, I don't. I'm not even convinced that the whole TNT team is going to be there because they're not even going to like televise the jersey mm-hmm. retirement ceremony because the you know seven or seven thirty like TNT game is going to end and then they're going to go right to the West Coast for the, the other game. You know, do, so I'm, we, I'm I'm not sure how all that's going to work. I have no idea. Do we know if the team, if it's the A team that night for TNT or no? That's the other I, part. I genuinely have no clue. I can't remember. I feel like I heard maybe Kevin say we, something. We about haven't it. been on TNT in a long time. 
And when I watch TNT, I'm not like, oh, wait, it's Tuesday. It's these guys right. or it's Thursday. It's, That's I a don't, Kevin thing. Kevin I have no would idea. know. Kevin would know, I think. But yeah. anyway, Shaq will be in the building. We can confirm that. And following the game, also, just as another important announcement, there will be Shaq replica jerseys. Is what they called it on every seat. That's another incentive to go. I'm sure it will be packed out that night. It has to be. Got to be sold out. It might be one of the largest. It is now. Tenants. It is now sold out. I have confirmation from yeah. a, from a contact within the organization that they have no inventory left for that game. Incredible. Any ticket that you find is going to be on like the secondary like marketplace, and it's going to like yeah, it's it, great call by us. Are probably going crazy. Great call by us. It's just super fortunate. Like mm. we just got really lucky at that. Incredible. We're like, hey, let's do an event that night, and the manager's like, yeah. Six man shows doing an event that night. You know what we should also do? We should retire Shaq's jersey. That I wonder night. when that was decided. When it was decided, was it when something about it's TNT be and far in advance? Yeah, I can tell I mean, you what that game is not getting flexed now. I don't care what happens. That no, game is not getting flexed out. It can't. So now that we've got that out of the way, Jonathan, what are your thoughts? Your initial reactions? to Shaquille O'Neal getting his jersey retired officially. We talked a little bit about it recently, but officially, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so Thursday night, um, live on Inside the NBA on TNT, they played a video from Alex Martins. They made it seem like he was calling in, but you could, you know, it wasn't right. live. But Alex, like, telling Shaq, he already knew, but, like, telling Shaq and the rest of the world that on that night, February 13th, the Magic in a, a post-game ceremony are going to retire Shaq's jersey and he's going to be the the first, you know, jersey to to be retired. We should go through like first like initial reaction and then then we can talk about like some of the other stuff that it's come out since in terms of like the criteria, right? Because mm-hmm. you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The if the Magic are retiring somebody's jersey, they're changing the criteria that we we've, we've always heard because if you were going to retire Shaq's jersey, you should like Without with like with this criteria, he sh- he should have been inducted, you know, years ago already. You know, so initial reaction is, I'm I think it's a massive step that the franchise is changing the criteria in general. I think it's awesome that we are now going to have Shaq's jersey retired, but I still stand by the fact that it should have been Nick Anderson first. Yeah, can for for people that maybe don't agree or don't understand why why Nick Anderson first what why is that important to you it's important to me because Nick Anderson was the first draft pick ever in the history of the Orlando Magic he's our all-time leader in games played yep he played for one of the best teams he was an integral part of one of the best teams in franchise history the team that made the 1995 finals played 10 seasons for the Orlando Magic again franchise leader in in games played and he's been a, an ambassador the last like 16 years, I think it is like so, like 16 or 18 years. He's been a community ambassador for the Magic, and he's at every single game. He comes mm-hmm. out to fan events. He comes out to watch parties. Yep. He's always super approachable. I've never seen him turn anybody away for a conversation or a picture or whatever. Like kids coming to the games, and he's there to to meet fans and to talk with fans, and is always so friendly and so cordial like i remember the first time that i met nick anderson it was when the magic played um the indiana pacers at home it was the game after the tobias harris uh, game-winning dunk against the thunder so we were playing the pacers i was at that next game 
And I remember meeting Nick Anderson. Like I still have the, the photo with you know my, my brother-in-law and, and us and, and Nick Anderson. And I waved him down from like almost a hundred yards away, like screaming, Nick, Nick, Nick. And like waved him down and he stopped what he was doing and walked over to us. And that's not an experience that's unique to myself. There are thousands of Magic fans that have stories exactly like that. And for so long, really since the 1995 finals, Nick Anderson's, I'm, I'm putting this in air quotes because it's not really his legacy, but what people remember him for is missing the free throws in the 95 finals. Yep. And the fact that that is, as of right now, largely for a lot of people, that's how he's remembered. When the reality is like people should come into the building, they should be able to look up into the rafters, C25, and if they don't know who he is, somebody should tell them all the things that I just said about Nick Anderson and the free throws are, are completely irrelevant in my opinion when it comes to Nick Anderson and his legacy, not only on the team, but the organization and the, the community of Orlando. Another thing I'll say, if you go through like on basketball reference, look at Nick Anderson and look, switch over from the regular seasonal playoffs. Magic would have, would love a guy like Nick Anderson right about now when it comes to, to he shooting. He was a fantastic player. And in that, that run to the finals, Nick Anderson was shooting five a game, five threes a game, 38%, 38.3. Magic would love a guy to shoot five threes a game <laughs> and shoot that percentage as well. So, man, I, I totally agree with you. I wanted you to, to you know, acknowledge the reasons why because i there's gonna be people out there that are like well you guys you know have even noted yourself that Shaq helped keep orlando keep the magic in orlando and we're a huge part all of those things are true but preferences chronologically like it's nick anderson got us started right like 10 seasons with the orlando magic and a great career and a lot of success in the postseason Nick Anderson has like been directly tied to the Magic for like twenty five or twenty six of their thirty five seasons, mm -hmm. right? Like he is Mister Orlando Magic, yeah. Like, and the Magic don't make the finals, by the way, in nineteen ninety five without Nick Anderson. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you can point to Game One. He didn't lose them that game. It was it wasn't only Nick Anderson's fault that the Magic were only up three, you know, in the the final minute of, of that game, and he. Certainly wasn't the reason they lost the the next three games as well, right? Like, mm -hmm. could could you know everybody could have played better in that series, but that that's one of the things that bothers me the most is that like when you bring up the name Nick Anderson, oh those four free throws in 1995, it's like, yeah, it sucks it happened, but that's not that's not how we should rem remember Nick Anderson, but but I mean we we've sort of talked about like our initial reactions like to this and how we feel about Shaq like being retired Luke what do you think of like the people that are saying we shouldn't be retiring Shaq's jersey at all it's stupid those are the guys those are the people that that still hate Dwight Howard too you know what i mean like just the people that that can't remember the success that they brought to this organization to the city they can't remember it and then you know, they, they want to just remember how it ended and sure, like unfortunate how it ended, but no, just like no player is perfect. No organization is perfect. The exits could have been handled differently in both occasions, right? By the organization themselves. So that's how I listen. There's things like 
Shaq pissed me off today. He was talking about something with uh, young, his favorite young stars or something like that, or young future stars. And he didn't name Paolo anywhere. Nowhere. He, he, he named Jaime Jaquez. Didn't even know how to pronounce the dude's name when he said it, by the way. He had to have help from Stephen A. Smith on the appearance. So that type of stuff pisses me off. That type of stuff is like where I'm just like, come on, man. I understand he doesn't really like he's a he's a personality now. He's not like supposed to be this knower of basketball anymore. He knows depending who you ask. He knows the game, right? Obviously. He's freaking Shaquille O'Neal. But when it comes to, you know, keeping up with the league, listen, man, he entertains. That's what Shaquille O'Neal does. Stephen A. Smith was helping him with Jaime Hawkins' name because he saw him struggling and knows and was talking to Shaq. I'm surprised Stephen A. knows how to say that dude's name. Yeah, well, you you, you have to. He's on the TV way more than Shaq. <laughs> but, yeah, so, that you know, like I said, there's things that are going to piss me off. But at the end of the day, and the comments about Dennis Scott, how he and 3D still run this organization, it's like, no, you don't. We all know that. So little things, yes. Nobody's perfect. Shaquille O'Neal is not perfect. But what I do know, Shaquille O'Neal helped the Magic quite a lot. Helped keep them in in Orlando. And on top of that, he's a good dude. Like, all in all, what we have seen, he is a great dude. So I'm I'm happy. It's going to be an exciting night. Like, the energy in the room and the arena will be palpable. I'm interested to see how it goes if the Magic lose. It'll still be a great reception of it and whatever. Fans will still do whatever, but there just might not be as many in the arena if the Thunder blow the Magic out. Not saying it'll happen, but the Thunder are a great team as well. So we will see. It's going to have a lot of moving parts to it. I'm interested to see the presentation. The Magic have been on their game recently on the production side of things. And uh, I think they're going to have a lot of fun stuff in store for us. What I'll say is that night, I don't care if we're getting blown out. If you're coming with us, please do not leave that game early. Yeah, if you're leaving. I will never look at you the same. <laughs> I will. I can promise you that right now. We have been begging this organization for years now to start retiring jerseys. They're finally yeah. doing it. This is the first one. We, we can't not be there. We, we, need, to, we need to show up and, and show out for that event. I want to talk just a, a little bit because I think a lot of people have forgotten like the circumstances of Shaq's departure. And I don't think either party is blameless in this. Right. Right. As we were getting ready to you know, prepare for this pod, we knew we were going to have this conversation. I went back and, and did a bit of research. So going back to the 96 free agency, right? The Magic had the opportunity to offer Shaquille O'Neal, you know, more money, more years than anybody else. Uh, you know, there there was no max salary at the time. There was a salary cap that each team had to fall into, but bird rights still very much existed. So the Magic could have exceeded the salary cap to pay Shaq basically whatever he wanted. Like if they they just gave him a blank check, there was no you know max salary at the at the time. It just had to be underneath the the salary cap, and you know uh, different like tax implications you know would have uh, you know been prevalent had they just given him a blank check. But they didn't do that. The Magic essentially lowballed. Shaquille O'Neal, like gave him like a laughable offer to start. Um, 
And then as other teams came into play and started offering Shaq more money, you know, like the, I think the Hawks were involved. I think the Lakers were involved, obviously ends up going to the Lakers, but the magic started to, to bring that, you know, price like higher and higher to, to what the other offers were. And Shaq's free agency occurred in the only, I think it was a two or three year window in the history of the NBA collective bargaining agreement where restricted free agency for a, a guy coming off of his first contract did not exist. Mm-hmm. During this time, it was the only window in the history of the CBA where every free agent was an unrestricted free agent. So right now, let's say Cole Anthony didn't sign his extension this year and he went into restricted free agency, sign an offer sheet with another team. The Magic could match that at any moment and said, nope, we're going to pay you that, but you're going to come back and play with us. The Magic did not have that opportunity during Shaq's free agency. You, you match that with the, the low ball offer from the Magic. There are some rumors that the Magic were also like criticizing like his rebounding numbers that, you know, oh, you're not rebounding as much as this guy or whatever. We need to get those numbers up. You know, we're offering you this money, so on and so forth. But we all know about the now infamous Orlando Sentinel poll where uh, the Orlando Sentinel asked fans in, in Orlando, is Shaquille O'Neal worth you know, what was it, like $115 million at the time? And the results to that poll were overwhelmingly no. At the same time that that poll is coming out, the USA Dream Team is practicing in Orlando. So you have the Dream Team there, and there are reports of his Dream Team comments like giving him a hard time about this poll that came out. And you put all of that together with the fact that I do believe Shaq probably always wanted to end up in LA. Like, let's just, he always wanted to be a movie star and have these other business opportunities and so on and so forth. You gave him every opportunity to leave. And essentially, that's what has ha- what happened. And since then, has he taken unnecessary shots at the Magic Sword, like what you just alluded to? That is absolutely true. But there are some people that, beyond the, the, the personal, you know, vendetta that some Magic fans still have against Shaq and, with him leaving and, and so on and so forth, some people will say, oh, well, he, he was only here for four seasons. I just want to remind people lovingly what Shaq did in his four seasons here. The dude has not played for the franchise in almost 30 years. He is still sixth all-time in Magic history in points, third in rebounds, second in blocks, third in free throws made, and fourth in win shares. The dude played four seasons, hasn't been here in almost 30 years, is still fourth in win shares. Mm. That by itself is absolutely incredible. When you take a look at his league accolades during the time, he was a four-time All-Star, was a rookie, it was a was a All-Star his rookie year, led the league in scoring once, was a three-time All-NBA guy, four consecutive years of finishing top 10 in MVP MVP voting, Luke. He finished 7th in MVP voting his rookie year. That is how dominant Shaq was from day 1. And then in 1995, leads the Magic to the NBA Finals at 22 years old. Like, there is not a question, and then not even when you talk about his his global impact in elevating the Orlando Magic as a, a brand, and his his impact on the growth of the city of Orlando. Like, to me, there is no question that personal stuff aside, I just think you have to get over that at some point. You have to recognize what the dude did for the city, for the team, for the organization. And he just absolutely deserves to have his jersey retired. I just don't believe he should have been the first guy to have it retired. I will give one more thing before we move on. 
because after this, we will obviously get into the Nuggets game from Wednesday. We'll get into you know our jam of the week and, and the Hawks game, all that kind of stuff the week ahead. But first, one more just for context, right? You talk about Shaq being an All-Stars rookie year. The, the Magic obviously get the number one pick. You know, Shaquille O'Neal, the year before that, before, the, the year before, to get you the first pick overall, you were 21 and 61. Putrid. Not good. Not expected to be. You were only a couple years old at that point. Then comes Shaq. And the Magic go 41 and 41 that year. And Shaq is an all-star, right? Like, you think about just the fact that you know, when when you think about like Paolo Bancaro coming in as the number one overall pick to the Magic, you talk about how great his rookie year was, how it was the probably the best one since Blake Griffin's rookie year. And, you know, maybe LeBron's, right? But Shaquille O'Neal in that first season, 23.5 points, 14 rebounds. Like, nobody was was killing like that. And Shaquille O'Neal asserted himself the first day there, or the first season there in Orlando, finishes his regular season with Orlando in four seasons, 27 points per game, and 12 and a half rebounds. And let's see how many blocks he had 2.8, almost three blocks a game. It's a monster. Four years, all of them as an all star, leads your team to wild success very quickly. Comes in as a rookie. Can you imagine if Paolo Bancaro? were to do the things that Shaq did in terms of the postseason success in just four years. I can't help but think no matter how Paolo, like if that were to happen in the same situation, at this point, you'd see how in love this fan base is with Paolo Bancaro, and he hasn't even gotten us there. If you were to ever leave the fan base, there's no reason that you can be mad at that point. Like, ever. And that's the same thing I feel with Shaq. Four years of success he brought, putting Orlando really on the map. Well-deserved. So we will be there on February 13th. Well, I want I do, I know we wanted to move on, but I, there, I do feel like there's another like really important question to ask here. So Alex Martins was on Brandon Kravitz's show. Oh, yeah. Uh, 96.9, the, the game this week, you know, in, in the zone with Brandon Kravitz mm-hmm. and was talking about, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, his jersey being retired, what that means, and was talking about like the criteria. And he mentioned that you know, talking about Shaquille O'Neal's impact, he mentioned that being a pro basketball Hall of Famer is a key criteria amongst other pieces of criteria for a jersey to be retired, which I don't think he was saying, like, oh, if you're a basketball Hall of Famer, we'll sort of that'll that'll add to your resume the 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 way that i read it and the way that i listened to it was like that's part of like the bar like if you're not that your jersey's not getting retired which right now penny hardaway we're going to find out in about a month if whether or not he is a hall of fame uh you know finalist you know to, to make it into the hall of fame penny you know has has been out of the game for some time like 5 years after you retire you're eligible for the hall of fame Penny Hardaway has been eligible for the Hall of Fame for some time and has not gotten in. You're not telling me that if Penny Hardaway doesn't end up getting in, that he's not a Hall of Famer. Nick Anderson is not getting into the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. 
So you're telling me if that's the criteria that we're going by, we are forever excluding Nick Anderson from having his jersey retired by the Orlando Magic. To me, that is a massive mistake. And that is that is tragic. And that is not acceptable in my eyes. Yeah. Like to to me, like the organization shouldn't be the ones that say like we're we're retiring the jersey. Like it 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 is it's a thing for fans, like at the end of the day. Like it, it's what these guys meant to fans. Yes, to the organization. Maybe my wording of that wasn't great at the beginning of, of that last sentence. Obviously, the organization has a large say in it, but it's like I, you, I cannot think of a guy more deserving than Nick Anderson to have his jersey retired. And if you're saying like this is the criteria we're setting and we're not changing it and Nick Anderson is never going to have his jersey retired, that is absolutely crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And that would also most likely rule out Nikola Vucevic from having his jersey retired someday, which I also would say would be a mistake. Yeah. I yeah, it is um wildly insane that that, that would be a criteria because my first thought was let me find the list of, you know, players with retired jerseys that uh essentially did you know weren't weren't going to be in the Hall of Fame weren't ever the list is long like there's quite a few players in the league that their jersey is retired and they're not making the Hall of Fame like Nick so, Collison in 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 OKC like that's the dude played there forever I think he averaged like you know three points a game or something like that mm-hmm. yeah so I, I don't agree with it at all but. We'll move on here, Jonathan. Let's get into that Denver Nuggets game from Friday night. And we'll start out with just setting the scene. This is what I'll spend a decent amount of time on here on the front end. But I'll read this piece from Dan Savage. He he wrote this as far as like the injuries, where it was at. This was probably written a few hours prior, updated a few hours prior to tip off. Maybe that just that day. But he says, along with Franz Wagner, Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, uh, Joe Ingles and Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter Jr. is also questionable. Well, then, 30 minutes before tip-off, we get an update from Orlando Magic PR that centers Gogo Pataze, illness, and Wendell Carter Jr., right knee tendonitis, will not play tonight at Denver. We heard in the pregame post uh, press conference, Jamal Mosley says, essentially, we've got some guys under the weather. And he goes on to list Goga and Anthony Black, mainly, for those. For the the sickness, and then we'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and say four or five minutes into the game, Anthony Black goes out, goes out because of the sickness. So I don't know what these guys ate. I don't know what if it was like a food poisoning thing or if it was just like a stomach bug, whatever. But it must have been nasty. So these guys have that. The shorthanded magic get even more shorthanded in this game. And just to give you guys a frame of reference again, who starts the game? Anthony Black, who again only plays about five minutes. Suggs, Paolo Bancaro, pa- Bancaro, Bancaro, Chuma Okeke, and Mo Wagner. That was your starting five. And then all of a sudden, very quickly, your available players dwindles to eight. Anthony Black, Paolo Bancaro says in the post game, AB just wanted to give it a go because he knew we needed bodies and just could not go. So the Magic had eight bodies to work with the entire rest of the night. The gutsiest performance of the year. 
But I will take you. We talk about Anthony Black in that first quarter. The Magic get off to a great start. Paolo Bancaro was lighting it up early in that game. Takes us to 340 left in the first, Jonathan. It is this week's jam of the week. Paolo Bancaro gets the ball. He has Contavious Caldwell-Pope on him. Puts Contavious Caldwell-Pope in the spin cycle. Nikola Jokic makes a business decision. Steps away. Paolo Bancaro with that left hand that Gilbert Arena says Paolo Bancaro doesn't have. Jams it with the offhand. That is your jam of the week, Jonathan. Paolo Bancaro. He would go on that night to have a great game. We're going to talk about it. A historic game. But that is your jam of the week. Do, do you have anything before I move on to talk about our, our friends over at Jam Hot Chicken to add to that to that first quarter? To Because the Magic, unfortunately, they unravel in that first quarter. And they go down 37 to, to 28. But had a great promising start to the game. But uh, hope was coming. That's for sure. And that Denver game. Yeah, I would say uh, I didn't have any hope uh, as that first quarter came no. to an end. You knew it was going to be rough. Um, mm-hmm. They got this game got rougher, like especially into the beginning of the second half. But we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Yeah. So mentioned the jam of the week brings me to talk about what Jam Hot Chicken actually has coming up. Uh, they're having what is called Jam Fest Two, where they're celebrating two years at Hannibal Square. They're bringing hot chicken jams and culture the only way that they know how with hot chicken and waffles and live hip hop music from various artists that are listed and they're advertising this obviously on their Instagram. So go check that out. But it is Saturday, January 13th uh, is when it'll be. It doesn't specify time, but oh yes. Okay. Approximate. They've got times on there for the artists that'll come, but from the looks of it, okay, it starts at 11 a.m. And it ends at 7 p.m. So this is an all-day jam fest. Man, I wish I was in Orlando on Saturday because I would be interested in some of those waffles too. I know that's going to be incredible. So anyway, go check them out. Let them know, especially if you go to Jam Fest too. Let them know um, that you will uh, that you heard about it from our show, and uh, have some chicken and waffles for me because I'm going to be missing. I'll have FOMO for sure. Yeah, Andrew, uh, that that runs a jam hot chicken over there, said tons of Magic fans there this weekend. So so many people like came through. An appearance by Austin Rivers and Austin Rivers boys Again? came through. Uh, came through jam hot this weekend. Uh, they sold out of chicken this weekend. Like they were just so much busier than they ever could have anticipated. So just appreciate everybody that listens to the show that is like going and and trying. I tell everybody if you go once. You will be a customer for life. That's my favorite thing. Like we just need to get the people there once, and then our friends over at Jam Hot sort of take care of the rest. So I'll be there Friday. I'm gonna try to swing by before the watch party. But yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a little bit sad that I'm I'm gonna have to miss the the, the Jam Fest there. It is unfortunate. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here, we will get back to this game. I mean, honestly, first half was nothing to write home about. It was actually just it, it was pretty awful and at that point like you said like you're down 13 at half you're down to eight rotation guys and at some point you're thinking Paolo is going to have to have an incredible game for the match to have a chance we saw it happen in that game against Sacramento where Paolo just puts the team on his back in that second that third quarter you're you're so you're down 13 and a half you outscore them in the third by 10 you have 41 points to their 31. The Magic played incredible basketball there in that third quarter. And if you look at it, Mo Wagner had 11 points in that third quarter. Four rebounds, an offensive rebound to go with it. Five of six from the field. He was absolutely awesome. Cole Anthony was great in that, really the entire second half. Cole Anthony was awesome in that game. So you go into the fourth. This is the point, Jonathan, where I'm like, the Magic are going to run out of gas. You're down by three entering that fourth quarter. At that like you've already kind of, you've got the sum of emotion that you're probably going to have for this game, which is like, I'm so proud of this team. All these guys out, they did the best they could. You can't ask for more no matter how the fourth quarter goes. You're playing against the freaking champs. And they're pretty much fully healthy, right? They've got Jamal Murray, who they didn't have the last time when the Magic beat them. And they have obviously Jokic. So going into that fourth quarter, you, you didn't have super high hopes. But the Magic had different plans. To start the fourth quarter, you needed to have a blazing hot start. I thought that's when you fall apart. Cole Anthony, first five points in the fourth quarter, puts the Magic up by two. And the Magic at that point just keep going back and forth with the champs. Then you get down to the final minute. Paolo Bencaro with four clutch free throws. He goes to the line, and both times he goes to the line, I'm thinking in my head, he's. I won't be shocked if he splits these. Both times. And shame on me, because he hits all of them. He hits all of them, puts the Magic in great position. Jamal Murray misses the game-tying two-pointer. The Magic outscored Denver 68-53 to in that second half. Go on to win this one, 122-120. to 120. I could not believe what I was watching. A historic night for really the Magic, to be honest. Like This is a win that we are going to look back on and think fondly of. And it just kind of night and day difference between this year and last year when it came to injuries. Eight guys against Denver, and you somehow pull it out. That doesn't happen last year. That's how you go 5-20 and 20 to start the year. And Paolo Bancaro has his first career triple-double. Yeah, down 18, like a few minutes into the third. And I, I made myself a little cocktail. I'm like, 
this game is not going well. I'm sitting there. I got my drink. I'm like this. I'm like this. This is this game is now going the way that I figured it would go. And then, like to your point, Mo Wagner, Cole Anthony just took over. Down 13 at the half. I tweeted out like the the other like good guys like you know Jalen Paolo. Those guys are only going to be able to do so much in this game. They need somebody else to step up. And Cole Anthony just went crazy. Uh, he has an 18 point. Second half, shooting seven of nine from the floor, adding a rebound and two assists, and then Mo Wagner eleven and five in the second half. And we talk about the 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 triple double from Paolo Bancaro, thirty two points, ten rebounds, eleven assists. Just this kid, we, we've been talking about this the last couple of shows. This kid is just doing superstar stuff on a regular basis. After, like you had a, a superstar performance, the you know forty three points against Sacramento on Wednesday. You go into this game, you've got basically eight healthy guys, and you have your first ever career triple-double beating the defending champs on the road. Super impressive. And not to mention our guy Jalen Suggs, seven threes, 27 points a career high for Jalen Suggs. They were never going to be anywhere near this game without Jalen Suggs having a performance like that. And again, a guy who is like perpetually injured, always seems to be hobbling just doing whatever he can for this team and to have his career night in a win like that. And then after the game, like talking about how he's been struggling with mental health and everything, like I just, I cannot help, but like up and down this roster, love these freaking guys so much. And again, just so proud of them. The Sacramento game was super proud, even though it came in a loss when they made it close against Denver was going to be proud of them. If that ended up in a loss, but it just felt like we don't deserve to have this happen to us again after the way that the Sacramento game went. And yeah, Jamal Murray misses that shot at the end. All of Central Florida goes crazy. Super, super proud of this team. It was it was awesome. It was I told Carmen, Carmen went to bed in like the third quarter. I said, You're gonna miss a historic night. <laughs> I just I that's I flat out said that because it always happens when she goes to bed early in the middle of a game. Something crazy just always tends to happen. You're going to miss a historic night. And we woke up the next morning. I said, I told you. Paolo Bancaro's first career triple-double. You beat the defending champs on the road with the skeleton crew. It was, it was incredible. One, you of, heard, you heard one of the Carmen best to to regular season wins of all every time. Night. Yeah. Yeah. Carmen has to go to bed before the end of every game now. I think that's the rules. I, I told her, I said, you've got to break this curse at some point because the Magic are going to be in playoff games <laughs> You know, this year. You you can't be just oh I gotta go to bed so the magic win you you gotta figure this out we can't have this yeah so man and the magic win this game they're just a totally different team like with all the injuries they have to be they have to adapt and Coach Mosley on the fly this dude is just proving himself night after night because the magic in this one Jonathan shoot 36 threes over their average and they definitely make over their average shooting 47% from three in this game against Denver 17 of 36 uh, and you didn't even make your free throws by the way shot 34 of them thanks and you made 23 you could have won this game in a more handily fashion but I, what else can you ask for 50% from the field. Denver shot 13 more field goal attempts in this game. They shoot 95 to the Magic's 82. 
ridiculous. When was the last time the Magic, by the way, get outscored by almost 30 in the paint and when? Denver scores 66 points in the paint. The Magic shoot 38 because the identity shifted completely because you had to. You didn't have. Are we choice. ready? Are we like really ready to say that that the identity has shifted, or the, the magic the, just crazy hot right now from behind the arc? No, they're no, shooting forty eight percent from three the last three games. Of course, the identity. What I mean is that the identity, while injured, has shifted because it has to. Being, you have to have shooters in there because you don't have your stars like besides Paolo, and Jalen. Right, like you're you're down Franz. You're down at that in this game, eight other rotation guys. You have got to change what you're doing or else you're going to get your doors blown off. And that's what I mean. Jamal Mosley, like a freaking chameleon, just does exactly what he has to do, blends in with the surroundings of what he needs to do. This team all of a sudden is like high volume threes and hit them. You're open, take it, knock them down. It's they did it. Stupid. You think about just like the cojones on Jamal Mosley to to be able to to just it's one thing to to think and strategize. It's another thing to be like on an NBA stage where everything that we've been talking about throw it out the window. Yes, still play defense. You don't have to worry as much about paint touches anymore. We're putting three point shooters out there because that's what's been buried on the bench is guys who solely provide three-point shooting and not a ton else, right? But the one thing that you know about this team is they're going to sit down and try to guard regardless of their talents. And that's and they're going to try. Like that is all you need to do at that point. If you can shoot the basketball, try defensively and bust your butt on the effort side of things. And they do it. Because... That's what the Magic do. Jalen Suggs, like you said, 7 of 9 from 3. Ridiculous. Paolo Bencaro, another ridiculous stat. 15 of 19 from the free throw line. I just... Caleb Houston, 2 of 5. Like 40% from 3. The dogs. I think there's something to like the fact that they're basically like in a no-lose situation. Like... Because if they win, oh my gosh, what a gutsy performance. Everybody played so great. If they lose, hey, everybody's hurt. Like no, like nobody's gonna nobody's pointing the finger like, oh, we lost because of this, this, this is it's like no, we lost because we've got even right. to this point, like five, six guys out of the rotation. So everybody's able to just play with with freedom and it's like, hey, what do we we don't have anything to lose? We're mm-hmm. we're you know, a long like the magic were you know, underdogs tonight at home against the Atlanta Hawks who have been atrocious for most of the year. So like when, when you don't have anything to lose, you can just go out and play free and how, however you need to get it done, get it done. And that's what the magic are doing to their in the, credit. In the words of Paolo Bancaro and previously Glenn, big baby Davis, we all, we got that hit me. That hit me like a ton of bricks. Paolo Bencaro says that to the team before this game. I was like, we all we you got. don't even know what you just said, my boy, but I love you for it. And it, this, this this team, like, I get what you're saying about, like, it's, it's a win-win situation because you can't fault them because they're injured. But you just know that how competitive guys like Paolo, like, for Paolo to not lay down in this game, and he could easily have said, like, 
I just played double overtime in Sacramento. I tried. 43 points. I tried. That Everyone will forgive me if I take the night off. Instead, he makes history again. First career triple-double. That's Paolo Bencaro, man. That's your leader. That's your guy. And he's going to make sure that he can do everything in his power to make this team succeed. If you have had like any doubts about Paolo, like the last three games should cement it in your mind that yeah. this kid is a, a superstar. Last three games, 36.7 points per game, 45% from the floor, 55% from behind the arc, eight rebounds, six assists, almost seven assists, and two steals. And in the last three games without everybody. Kids do, I, averaging I was, almost 40 a freaking game. I was going to save this until after the Hawks game, but because you bring it up, and this is a great point, a great segue to this. Producer Kevin sent us a text from NBA History on Twitter, which is the official NBA account with almost 2 million followers. So if they're wrong, that's on them. <laughs> but they said, Paolo Bancaro is the first player in Magic franchise history to average 32-plus points per game, 9-plus rebounds per game, and 6-plus rebounds per game over... They mean assists per game? Over a six-game span. Yeah, they meant 6-plus assists per game. Over a six-game span. The first player in Magic history to average 32-9-6 and six over those six games. There you go. That's your, your reigning Rookie of the Year, future All-Star, Paolo Bancaro, and... I. I mean, he's got to win. Like he's got to win Player of the Week, right? Yeah, unless like those are just absurd numbers. I mean, the Magic went two and two, but with the lack of like national love that he's gotten, I really think it's the least they could do. Last four games, so four games this week: thirty-four point three points per game, forty-four percent from the floor, fifty percent from behind the arc. Nine rebounds, six and a half assists, two steals. 50% behind the arc, Jonathan, on seven attempts, too. <laughs> it's not so like he was stupid. shooting two attempts a game. Like, because that was the case. Superstar. That was the case in the beginning of the season. He was shooting great from three, but he was shooting like two and a half, three attempts a game. Dude just shot freaking 50% on seven attempts in a week. Four games. And you could have been three and one this week so with that loss against sacramento anyway for time's sake we'll move on here jonathan let's get into the hawks game you want to talk a little patreon first before we get into that oh that's such a great call yes we should yeah, absolutely talk, talk about a little bit about our patrons uh they're the folks that help financially support the show help us do everything that we do here at the six man show um our whole mission here is to help cultivate this magic fan base help Maybe more casual fans be able to you know be a little bit more knowledgeable. I wasn't able to catch the game last night. Let me listen to the guys at the six man show and see what they thought about it. Or hey, I haven't been paying attention you know during the summer. What's going on with free agency? Let me see what those guys over at the six man show think. And we do our best to provide you know information, like give our takes from obviously a fan bias perspective. Uh, but we just want to see more diehard Orlando Magic fans. At the end of the day, that's really what we want. So if you want to help support us in that mission because that's ultimately what we're doing each and every week here that is literally our mission statement you can join our patreon at patreon.com slash the six man show whenever we have brand new patrons we all always give them a very special shout out 
This episode, we have four brand new patrons. A big shout out to Matthew Harmon, who joined at our $5 all-star tier level. Uh, A big shout out to Dead Air, who joined annual at our Hall of Fame tier level. Rasby, who joined at the all-star level. And then T Magical, who joined at our all-star tier as well. A big shout out to all of you. And then we give a special shout out to all of our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons each and every episode. So I'll start with the Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapon, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Franz's Warren Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Godi 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, uh, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Freakin, Shahin 177, Bobby the Don, Himlo Ben Himro, R Improv 221, Magic Kid 714, Spanking Season, Soft Taco, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Eddie House's Burner, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kev, Bruv Sal, Kaysen Green, Santi Leon, Kane Eckler, The Distract, Ahmad Timza, Chansu, Tom Gadsden, and Dead Air. A big thank you to all of our patrons. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Big shout out once again to you guys that help support us. Now let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks game, Jonathan. Atlanta Hawks game, again, you come into tonight's game, four guys questionable. And surprisingly to me, three of them get named active. Anthony Black, Gogo Pataze, both back from their sicknesses. And the biggest one of the night, Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz is back. I believe Coach Mosley said that he was going to be on, like, what was it, 12 to 16 minutes Mm -hmm. restriction? And he came off the bench. The other thing that was kind of a head scratcher was AB came off the bench along with Markel Fultz. AB only plays 12 minutes tonight. So you have to think sickness maybe had him on a little bit of a minute restriction. Some would say, or is AB just kind of getting moved a little bit? But Trevlin Queen got minutes tonight. Like he played six minutes. Makes me know because he he didn't. I don't think he played the whole game until the start of the fourth. I want to say, yeah. So anyway, Magic, like you alluded to earlier, were underdogs in this one. I believe they're like one and a half point, two point underdogs in this because of the injuries. Atlanta Hawks can't seem to really get too much going. They find themselves really near the bottom of the uh, the Eastern Conference standings. And I was wondering how this team would come out of the gate because your starters in this one, you know, were were not the usual. You had Jalen Suggs, Caleb Houston, Chuma, OKK, Palo Bancaro, and Gogo Pataze. But the Magic start off awesome, sixteen to three, Jonathan. At that point, I was like, "Oh man, this is going to be an easy night." But then you have to always remember there's always runs that happen in the game of basketball. Dejounte Murray made sure that the run would happen. They only trailed by four at the end of the first, despite the Magic being up 13 very early in the game. You're outscored 32-19 to in the second quarter. And then once again, the third quarter Magic, who once gave us aneurysms in the third quarter, are now, now it's doing it. And, and now, uh, what would you say? I said now they give us aneurysms in the first quarter. Yeah, no, they they absolutely do. So, but the third quarter, the Magic won the third quarter 34-19 to tonight. 
incredible response from that first half, which was lackluster. One of my clown friends that I allude to a lot on the show texts me because I said something. I, I put like the Hawks are stinky in our group chat, right? With the score being 16 to three. And then he replies conveniently when the magic where the Hawks are up at halftime. He was like, you've been outscored whatever it was to whatever it was since this text magic or stinky. I was like, man, I'm not worried about it. And it, and it, the magic, like I said, they have that huge third quarter and then end of regulation. Caleb hit Caleb Houston, who was <laughs> incredible. We'll absolutely talk about him. Hits a three with about a minute left to put the magic up by four. Trey Young hits a layup with 48 seconds left. Other way, Cole Anthony goes the other way, turns the ball over. Sadiq Bay gets a dunk to tie the game. And then the final play of regulation, I thought for sure Caleb Houston is destined, destined to make this three and, and win the magic this ball game. You always feel good when you've got the ball when it's you know when it's tied. That that's when I'm like, okay, this is great. We either win or we go to overtime. Right? When 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 to an extent. But at the same time, with how injured we are, I didn't really care to go to overtime with the Hawks in general. But Caleb Houston, Paolo drives, dishes it to Caleb Houston. Caleb Houston misses the three to win the game. I just thought for sure. Dude, I would have bet anything I, in the world that that was going in. He just was, had made so many clutch shots down the stretch and just throughout the game and big moments and big swings from three. And it didn't matter if he was open or not contested. He was just... <laughs> Paolo is is dribbling the ball and winding the clock down. And in my house, we have like the the vinyl, like Mm -hmm. EVP, like hardwood looking floor. Mm -hmm. And I know that if we win this game, I'm going to go crazy. And I was wearing socks. If you ever try to run or jump (laughs) on this type of floor in socks, like you just slide all over the place. Mm -hmm. So he's dribbling the ball down. I'm ripping my socks off, dude. And I'm, I'm behind the couch. We have a sectional in our living room. And I run around this way. And I'm doing the Jalen Suggs. Caleb in front of the TV as he's shooting that and I would have bet anything in the world that that was going to go in I wanted that so bad for him and you know Caleb it it killed him not to hit that with the night that he had had that would have just been the cherry on top well Dante said in the the time uh like the period before the overtime started Caleb was like you know you could tell he was upset that didn't hit that he didn't hit the shot and Jamal Mosley went over to him and stared Dante said it exactly like this, stared a hole into him and said, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I want you taking the next five threes if you've got them. Yeah. I freaking love Jamal. He's and I incredible. love that, that that Caleb was upset that he missed that shot, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So then comes a time where Paolo Bencaro, if you're the star that you've been this whole week, you do it again. Would I have faulted him for not and coming up short? Probably not because he has done incredible things this past week. But Paolo Bancaro doesn't care, puts the team on his back. Paolo scores eight of the 12 in overtime. And then Cole Anthony ices the game with 17 seconds left on two made free throws. There was, I, I couldn't believe how the magic played in overtime just easy easy and it and it and it plays a lot back into how i thought throughout this game 
we talk about the games where we've said it before, but when the Magic are in games against teams and you're just not worried, I genuinely meant it when I said to my buddy that I wasn't worried about it when we were down at halftime. Because the, the Magic are good. I don't know what, like, you say it all the time, Jonathan, the Magic are good. I don't know what to tell you. But that. I was worried because it was the Hawks. Right. And the last, you know, couple of seasons, we've had absolute heartbreakers from DeJounte Murray, mm-hmm. last second of games, making plays happen in the Magic losing. Because it was the Hawks and because I hate them so much, I cannot stand watching Trey Young play basketball. It is, it is the most painful ex- like viewing experience of watching any guy in the league play. If he's playing against your team, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But the, the constant crying and the way that he's officiated is one of the most frustrating viewing experiences in the league. So I did not want to lose to that yet again. So I was very, very, very nervous. Paolo Bancaro rattling off five straight points to start overtime sort of put me at ease because I feel like you do that like you just always win overtime. If you score five straight to start the period. Yeah, you can put teams away pretty easily in overtime. I'm just not used to the Magic being the team that can put other teams away. Correct. But now that you have Paolo Bancaro, that changes. The one thing I will say, the Magic missed their free throws tonight. Terribly. But you're very fortunate because Hawks did the same thing. The Hawks shoot 17 of 29. Like they, they just, I don't know. They got to a point where they stepped to the line. I was like, there's a 50 50 chance this is going in. And normally you don't feel that way about anybody stepping to the line unless it's a center or whatever. But like it was the whole team, the whole team stepped to the free throw line. I was like, ah, you might miss. Okongwu, 0 of 2 from the free throw line. Clint Capella, 0 of 2 from the free throw line. Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, they don't shoot well from the free throw line tonight. DeJounte, 6 of 10. I know he's not happy about that. Trey Young misses three, seven of ten. He's not happy about that. Sadiq Bay was the only one who shot free throws well tonight, four or five. The Magic, like I said, they don't shoot well. They get, you know, unfortunately, how the season goes, they, they get to the free throw line a decent amount tonight, 22 times. A little bit under the average. We only make 14 of them. You out-rebound them. 13 offensive boards was huge. Gogo was awesome tonight. It, he will get over. Yeah, he had he had some uh, some rough stretches there. He did, but the big the boards were huge. He had four. Okongwu rebounds. was 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 uh making him uh earn that that check tonight. He was, but Gogo Bataze has seven offensive rebounds, and that makes me forgive him to that extent because it just felt like down the stretch, like big rebound. Oh, I bet it was Gogo Bataze, and it was. He was awesome in that respect. Two blocks as well. So. He was great, but the story of tonight, Paolo Bancaro, it's it's funny, 35, 10, and 4 can fly under the radar because of people might be getting used to it. Paolo Bancaro, man, 35 points. Three weeks ago, we probably would have done a whole segment on Paolo Bancaro scoring 35 points. But here we are. He also was the leader on the team in plus minus, plus 18. That's what you want from your superstar. And uh, Caleb Houston, 7 of 14 from 3. 25 points, a career high for him. Jalen Suggs, 6 of 13. 4 of 7 from 3. Paolo Carroll also 4 of 7 from 3. Jalen ends the night, 16 points. The entire starting lineup, 
just severely outplayed Atlanta tonight. Bench unit struggled a little bit. Some of those staggered rotations struggled a little bit. Cole Anthony struggled. Three of 13, four turnovers, and it just seemed like the turnovers were just the most inopportune times for him tonight. But still able to pull it out. And that's what good teams do. I I can't complain. Winners of two straight with the, the injury report as long as anything I've ever seen. Couldn't be prouder of this team. Uh, three of Paolo's top six scoring games of the season came this week. Mm-hmm. League should be incredibly concerned about what he is quickly evolving into because he's does, doing it every night now. I'm not having any like. I'm not going to say this, and people, anyone listening to this, should not mean that this is a slight at Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner goes out, and Paolo Bencaro can this week becomes the clear cut number one. Give me the ball. Right? Don't get me wrong. I love having two six foot ten ball handlers that can get a bucket. I love it more than anything. But Paolo Bancaro got to be the man this week. And he's going to continue being the man until Franz Wagner returns and it goes back up to a one A one B thing. Which I'm so fine with, by the way. Well, of course. But it just was like it's so fun to see Paolo Bancaro get in the zone and not feel like he has to pass the ball because he's clear cut option over everybody on the court at that point. But when it's he and Franz, I think that there's got to be a little bit of like I've got to pass the ball, get touches, not take over. Maybe I don't want to make a bad shot or like take a bad shot, whatever. But I think that it's good for the growth of Paolo. I think he's going to learn more so of like we talk I talked about it with Jalen Suggs. Now that Jalen Suggs is a three point shooter, he needs to learn, I think he is, when he is in the zone and it is his turn. Paolo Bancaro's got to do the same. And uh I think that he's been able to learn a little bit about himself. Because to that point, he and Franz were both the Iron Men who didn't miss games. Paolo doesn't know life without Franz in a magic uniform. So it's been super interesting. And he has answered the call, no doubt. All right. I want to show some love to our our boy, Caleb Houston. Yeah. Everybody knows Caleb. I've been a big Caleb guy since day. We've all been big Caleb guys, you know, from from day one. I just have like a a very weird affinity for not. Okay. Not weird affinity. I just, I like Caleb. Caleb's my guy. (sighs) I've always, I've always been really optimistic about his development and and how he could fit into this magic roster and the way that he has been playing recently has been super impressive. But tonight, 25 points hit seven threes also had four assists, by the way, like had some absolute laser passes uh, for, uh, for makes tonight. The first, this is from Orlando muse on Twitter, the first magic second round pick to score 25 plus points for the magic since 1990, which led me to be like, where is Caleb already in terms of like best second round picks in magic history? If you go through the list, it's, it's a short list of guys that actually, you know, ended up playing significant minutes for the magic, but like March and Gortat is the clear number one. After that, it, it like, there's a good chance that pretty soon here, we're going to be like, Oh no, it's Caleb Houston is the second best, 
you know, second round pick in Orlando Magic history. And if if you you said this before we started recording, if the Magic have an 09 like finals run and Caleb is a part of that, that would catapult Caleb into being the best second round pick in the history of the Orlando Magic. Like the, the kid is actually good. I tweeted, I don't know, two weeks ago, like we're not that far from Caleb Houston being legitimately good. And people were like, no, he's not good. I'm like we're not watching the same thing here. Mm-hmm. This kid is a flamethrower. Yeah. And he showed playmaking chops tonight that I had no idea he had. Yeah. And, and I mean, as he gets more opportunity, I think sort of this is where our, the conversation is probably going to lead. But as he gets more of an opportunity, I think we talked about this to lead the show, actually. As he gets more of an opportunity, I think he's just going to get better. Finding him the opportunity is going to be the tricky part. You know, Caleb Houston, there's going to be people laughing hearing you say that because they're like, bro, at the end of the day, like he's averaging like three points a game right now and uh, in like two and a half for his career, right? Like this is an early conversation, but I think it's appropriate because of the performance tonight. Like there is no better time to have a Caleb Houston segment than after a performance like this. And it doesn't feel like it was some crazy thing. Like, I would not be shocked if Caleb does this two more times this year. <laughs> He's, it, it's crazy because, and especially when you do have a Franz Wagner back, if you can somehow get just the more star power on the court with Caleb Houston, it's going to take attention away from him, get him these opportunities to shoot wide open threes. And guess what? If they start to do things like face guard Caleb Houston, it's going to free up guys like Paolo and Franz and Jalen to get to the bucket. So it's a win-win scenario for the Magic. And I can't help but when I think of like just daydream about Caleb Houston and a finals run, what does that look like? I know another six foot ten small forward who shot a lot of threes. His name was Rashard Lewis. All right. <laughs> it's not Rashard. Okay. Hey. I thought I was getting ahead of myself. You relax. Uh, listen. You need hey. a cold shower. I listen. Caleb Houston made me feel things tonight. All right. Last three games, fifty percent from behind the arc mm-hmm. on Eight mm-hmm. attempts, fifty-two yeah. percent. Excuse me, and and it's not like yeah, obviously tonight was crazy in terms of volume and percentage efficiency, but against Sacramento, four of six, thirty-one minutes. Denver plays twenty-four minutes, two of five, still forty percent for the total of thirteen for twenty-five. Insane, insane run by Caleb Houston this past week. Regardless of the rest of the season, I am thankful for it. For what? It's the beginning, in my opinion. Production. I I agree. Listen, I just compared the man to Richard Lewis. They're both six ten. They both shoot that thing. And uh, I think is Caleb six ten. I feel I feel like he's like six eight. He might be six eight, six eight, six ten. At that point, what's the difference? <laughs> um, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so incredible. Wanted we wanted to give Caleb a shout out because if there was ever a week that he deserves one. It was his past one. How mad would you be, or or would you be mad at all? Trade deadline comes and goes, you know, like an hour before the trade deadline, the Magic have moved Gary Harris for whatever. And Jeff Weltman comes out and says, you know, we think Gary, blah, blah, he was great here, he wished him the best. We wanted to find a way to get Caleb Houston more minutes. I. What's your instant reaction to that? Listen, as everybody knows, over the past year and a half, season and a half, couple seasons. 
I have been one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Gary Harris. You've been the Gary Harris guy. Yeah, I have been the Gary Harris guy. I won't mind if Gary Harris. Now, I do want to see Caleb Houston do this some more. And thankfully, we got about a month, right? I don't know how much longer before Franz is back and more people are back and Caleb's minutes dwindle once again. He's definitely not going to start. You can't do that unless you're going to have Jalen Suggs run the point. Entirely different conversation. Yeah. I am, My instant reaction is that I'm cool with it. Again, this also, you have to understand, this goes into the frame of mind of I trust this front office with practically my life. Like, <laughs> they, they can do whatever. All right? This front office, at this point, can do whatever. And I'll be like, yeah, that's fine. You think it's fine? That's great. You know way more than me, and you haven't burned me yet. So I'm on board. And that's the truth. I think this deadline is going to be a little bit more active than maybe people think. But maybe after tonight, people are having the same realization as me, where it's like, I knew we had guys that deserve minutes. But if you got Caleb Houston buried on the bench and in the playing games in Osceola or anything like that, and he's shooting 7 of 14 from 3, what are we doing? You have to carve minutes. He's a draft pick of yours. You made it recently. You you kept your second round pick. You, you clearly cared enough to draft the guy because otherwise you would have traded the pick like you do every other year. And they signed him to a four-year, $8 million deal like right off the bat. Yeah. He's a Michigan boy. So there's that. You put it perfectly earlier tonight in our text. You said, we have too many guys now. Yeah. We got too many. Like It's a good problem to have, but like, we, like Anthony Black, mm-hmm. the dude needs minutes. Caleb Houston, the and, dude needs minutes. Yep. I, I mean, listen, I've been banging this drum since last season, honestly. The Magic's have too many guys, and eventually players are going to separate themselves or, pay, or players are going to make themselves known. We've had players separate themselves, and we've also had players make themselves known. Caleb Houston has done that already like I, I'm sure it has felt like a long journey already for him because he was buried on the bench and has been past couple seasons but it, that is the the drum I have been banging absolutely is that we've got too many guys and tonight it just once again reiterating my point the magic have to make moves and it's gonna hurt people play with their emotions but it's gonna be all right because the end of the day, the Magic are, have too many guys. They got to get some, you know, deal some away, get some great things in return, some shooting, maybe another vet. I don't know, but the Magic are ahead right now. Before we do the week ahead, mm-hmm. I, I, where I'm at, like, I would not be shocked if the Magic just stand pat at the deadline. Like, let's just get healthy and we're everything's going well. Let's do that. But when if you have a real opportunity to not only set the magic up for this year, but for the future to come, I think you got to make a move. I don't know if that's the the Tyus Jones deal. Mm. I don't know if it's just moving guys to make room for Anthony and, and Caleb Houston. I don't know what that looks like, but I, I'm not saying make a move to like sell out for this season. But if there's a move that makes sense for this season and for the next three, four, five right. years, I think you have to do it. The crazy thing is, is that I texted you guys uh, earlier last week 
maybe after our Thursday episode came out, I was like, hey, on the next episode, I want to try to do a segment about if we think the Magic should be active at the deadline and if we think the front office will do it. Wholeheartedly, my stance was going to be, I don't think they should do it and I don't think the front office is going to do it. But now what we have seen the last couple games, because really what I was coming to the point of like the Magic have had all the success and so fans are clamoring for like we want to win now and which we are, but like to the competitive, like we want to compete for a Easter conference finals, whatever we want to set ourselves up. So the magic, like we were closer than we realized is what it felt like the fans were saying. And I think as a result, we need, we need to make a big splash. We need to make a big trade. There was a lot of that talk this past week on, on Twitter. But as I, and, and as I sat back in that moment, I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know that I agree with that. I don't think, I think this is an evaluation season still. And like you said, you won't be shocked if they don't make a move. I won't be shocked either. But as the days went by and we see performances like Caleb Houston, it's like, okay, how many guys do we have? Do we have too many still? And is it urgent enough to make trades and get active? I don't know. I I think my gut says realistically this team pretty much stays pat, stands pat, but... I will not be shocked if this if if we make a couple different trades at the deadline in order to free up minutes. I don't know that you're going to get a great player in return, but you're going to see rotation guys out the door because the writing's on the wall. I know I said last thing. I have a, a quick nugget, <laughs> and then we there's a major thing that we haven't talked about yet. Mm. Paolo Bancaro, the last three games, like being surrounded by a ton of shooters for the first time ever. Yep, 36.7 points, 45%, yep. 55%, 77% splits, 8 rebounds, 6.7 assists, and 2 steals. And and that's like what you, I'll... You throw shooters around him, and the kid's mm-hmm. just going scorched earth. And that's what I said as well, like on Twitter at the really the beginning, first 10 minutes of the game. I said, I'm not saying Chuma and Caleb Houston are the answer to being the starting group. However, there is a small. this is a small glimpse into what this team can be with shooters around guys like Paolo, Franz, and Jalen. Really about Paolo around Paolo and Franz because Jalen is the shooter. So yeah, there's okay. Markel, it's not time (laughs) to hit the panic button. I don't want, but I think it is a legitimate concern that the hitch is back. It is all the way back. It's It's in the mid range. It's in the free throws. The hitch is back. Yeah, it's not great, and it rust whatever. I don't know, but the guy's been shoot like he's been shooting. And uh, he was 0 of 2 tonight, 0 of 4 from the free throw line. And the hitch was incredibly obvious each free throw attempt. Like, like there's like two of those free throw attempts that were nowhere close. It looked painful. To going in. It looked like he was trying to avoid the pain by his motion. So, yeah, I, I think we... <laughs> We probably, it's not time to hit the panic button on Markel Fultz. Like, I'm not saying, like, oh, we need to move Markel at the deadline. I'm not saying anything like that. But if we haven't extended him, you drafted Anthony Black. If you already have it in your mind that you're not bringing Markel back next season, you do move him at the deadline. And I'm, I am officially at the point, I probably should have been here a long time ago, not with a three-point shooting, but just like, we we've seen the best of Markel's jump shot. Like it is it is not ever going to get better. 
And the fact that the hitch is back is a major concern. He's worked that out before and been good from mid range and from the free throw line. But like, I don't ever think that he's going to be like a, a great jump shooter, even if his range never makes it to like behind the arc. And if he's not able to be proficient in the mid range and at the free throw line, then, then teams are just going to be like, we'll, we'll, we'll let you run all the way to the rim. We'll be here waiting for you. And that's that's not what Paolo and Franz need at all, but I felt we we needed to to mention that. Yeah, unfortunate. Now, less depressing conversation. The week ahead, or more depressing, depending on how you look at it. The Magic this week, Jonathan Tuesday at home against the Wolves, uh, in Miami against the Heat on Friday. Don't forget about that watch party, and also with that Wolves game on this Tuesday. Don't forget, Ben will be out there, weather permitting. And then the Magic are back-to-back this week. They got that Miami game against the Heat on Friday. And then they've got the game against OKC at OKC, where our boy, Hazan Amer, will be covering the game, which is exciting. So, Jonathan, looking at that, what is your prediction for the weekend? I think you go one and two. I think you lose to Minnesota at home. Minnesota's great. They've been great all season. I think you you win on Friday. One, we have a great winning percentage at these watch parties, folks. And you owe you owe the Heat. The Heat came into our building, roughed us up a bit a few weeks ago. I don't feel like they're that much better than us. I know they they've been dealing with injuries as well. They're really really close in in the standings. I think they might also be twenty one and fifteen right now. If not, they're incredibly close. And then Oklahoma City Thunder are just fantastic this year. They're really really good. And we're still missing a ton of bodies. And on a back-to-back. So. And the second night of a back-to-back, yes. So I'm going yeah. one and two. One and two. Okay. I, unfortunately, am going 0-3. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like it either. But I, but I, I can't say that you don't have you know good reason to believe you had, that. You had a lot of magic, no pun intended, this past week. Going two and two was a, a literal miracle. Could have been three and one. Would have been nicer. But is what it is. I, that being said, I would not be shocked if this team just doesn't make sense to me again this week and they shoot the cover off the ball and they go two and one. What if you go three and zero oh, and then all of a sudden you're 24 and 15 halfway through January? That would be crazy. Not going to happen. Probably not going to happen, but if, it would be cool. You, I am, I am not kidding you. If you go three and zero oh this week with wins against the number one team in the West, last I checked the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, and the number two team in the West, the number the two Oklahoma team City in the West, Thunder. Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Heat, who, yeah, whatever. If you go That'll be now, five wins in a row, by the way, and you will have to have your shirt off. Ooh, you're so right. Yeah. The stars are aligning. Yeah. So if that happens, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'll just ask for everybody in the injury report, stay put. And <laughs> much like, hey, listen, man, listen. <laughs> hey, the last time we were on that win streak, we didn't want anybody to come back until that streak was over. Let's be honest here. I'll be feeling much of the same if the Magic can rip off three straight and they're just all of a sudden one of the best three. They're really helping the three-point numbers right now in terms of around the league. Hopefully the Magic can continue to do that. So I am saying 0-3, as you guys know. I'm I'm all aboard for 3-0. The Magic want to bless us this week. That would be great. But anyway, Jonathan, do you have anything else to add? No, I just feel bad now that we've uh, just hyped everybody up like the last 90 seconds and then, you know, it's not going to go the way that we just, you know, fantasized it. But 
think that's it. Let's wrap it up. What do you say? All right. I'll try all right. Up, Let's do it. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.